we're going to switch gears this morning and continue with our prayer series. We hope you guys enjoyed last week's message. Those of you that weren't here had a slight difficulty this week with the upload of our podcast. You'll be able to hear it this afternoon. Should be good to go there, so you can tune into that. Uh, but we're excited about this series of prayer because we believe this is the way. We believe that prayer is the way that we will see God's kingdom come to this place. Prayer is the way that we will capture the heart of God as we have conversation with him, as we talk to him, that we will see the change that we desire within this community and also the change that we want to see and we desire within the lives of those we have an opportunity to touch every single day. Last week was great. We got to break down the Lord's Prayer and also known as the Disciples' Prayer. Uh, we had an opportunity uh, to really formulate some good patterns in our lives uh, that really challenged me because, again, uh, I love a pattern. I love something to go off of, to build, or to create something. Whenever I'm working with folks, I'm like, how do you, just, how do, you do it? Tell me how you do it because I don't necessarily want to waste the time. Give me something to go by. And that's what Jesus did for his disciples and that's what he's done for you with this prayer, this format that he's given for us, and a pattern uh, that Jeff Leak helped us discover. Remember that book, Praying with Confidence, 31 Days in the Word. If you don't have it, make sure you get it. You can get it on Amazon or anywhere. Uh, really glean from that and good stuff, all right? This week, we are continuing on in our series, and uh, I'm excited about this uh, this week because um, it was Monday, uh, really, no, Tuesday. Tuesday was when I really felt like, God, this is the direction you want us to go in. And I can tell you what we're going to talk about today is probably one of the hardest things to achieve in your life. And you'll see this and understand it when, when you hear about what we're talking about. One of these things that can be pretty fleeting, that can be elusive, uh, that can be hard to find in our lives. And uh, we're, we're going to glean from God's word today and have some growth, I think, that'll really help us along the way. Last week, you remember I had a slight confessional. Do you remember that? When I said I was a talker and you heard about me getting placed behind a bookshelf. Did you guys pray for me this week that I wasn't scarred and broken anymore? Um, there's reasons why I am the way I am. It's the teachers of my life who put me behind a, a little bookshelf and said, no, you're not coming out. You can't talk right now. Help me though. It did help me. Um, I have another confessional for you guys. It's, it's so good for the soul. <clears throat> confession is great for you. You know, that's one of the things we talked about with prayer, one of our patterns. Um, another confessional that I have this morning is that I'm a doer. Anybody else a doer in here? Yeah. You most identify with doing things in life. You're kind of one of those people, okay, um, when, you know, something maybe that should have all of your attention, that you should be totally zeroed in on, something that you should just be sitting down and getting all in, all of a sudden you just want to get up and do something. Anybody have that feeling? Some people call that ADHD, ADD, CBS, whatever, ABC. I don't know. There's so many things now that you can get in this world just by like drinking from the water fountain, okay? Um, cooties, you know, that's real, real problem. Go to Miami, Zika, all the craze. You're like, true story, seriously, it's getting real. But I'm a doer. I'm one of these kinds of folks, and, and Kara can totally attest to this. You know, if there's a football game on, how many guys can just sit on the couch all day Saturday and while? I knew Chris would raise his hand. Tan man. Look, at, I see those hands. Y'all need to get saved, all right? You can sit, especially you. Uh, that's why you're here. Bless them. Um, if there's a football game on, right, I'm, I'm, I'm into it, you know? I, I, I love it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, 
I know the garage is dirty. I need to go do, I need to go clean, I need to go do something. Or, you know, Aiden's kind of the same way. He's gotten a little bit better. You know, he, he'll sit there and watch it better than I will. But he's like, hey, you want to go throw some football? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do. You know, I want to do. Let's, I don't want to not do. I want to do. I don't want to sit here. I want to do something. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of hard in life when you're a doer because that means you, you gauge your effectiveness and your success off of what you've done right? Sometimes it's really hard for me to come to the church and, and do like sermon prep, okay? Because sermon prep is that thing you do at your desk, right? That's that thing that you sit down and focus in on, or maybe do like other stuff like that that's, you know, not so much fun. Sermon prep's fun, but I mean all the other stuff, you know, the details, blah. Let's go build something. Let's go do, you know, like let's finish the family room, you know, let's do that. You know, I see the, the never-ending list, of to do. And that's hard as, as an individual and as a person because we identify with what we do. You know, um, I think this is a natural response to being a human being. We ask ourselves and others ask us as well, what have you done? What's, what's your accolades of life? What's your degrees? What's, you know, what have you done? And when we think about a life that is connected to God, so often it's not about what we do, but who we are with him and what we get in the process. Are you following me? And being a doer, it's so hard to quantify a moment in God's presence. Sometimes, yes, the anxiety is lifted. Sometimes the depression, I mean, you may suffer. You know, sometimes the frustration in that moment with him is lifted. But a lot of times we often identify most Maybe with a conversation with somebody that we can give a high five to, right? I talked to Nate the other day, and man, it was so good. Man, I just felt like, you know, God really moved in my life. But we want to get to the place where we can be with him and not do anything else. And prayer is that place this morning. It's so common for us, though, when we think about it. That we try to fill life, and this, this is something that you can understand with. We try to, to fill life with all the pieces that make sense, right? Are you with me here? We try to fill it with all the pieces that we think could come together and make something beautiful. You know what I mean? Puzzles are that kind of way, aren't they? When you see the piece of the puzzle, you're just like, for me, I'm about to have an anxiety attack because how is all that going to work together? How is that going to make it you know, happen to where I won't want to just quit and burn the whole thing and throw it in a fire or something like that? Anybody else feel that way? Like 200 pieces? You know, a lot of people are like, that's easy. That's chump change. And then you have Kara's grandma, 1,000-piece I'm like, you are crazy. But a lot of times in life, we try to find these pieces and put them together. We try to do whatever we can to make the picture work, to make the situation we get into do mode. And this morning, we're going to switch our thinking a little bit as we hear from, you know, the Apostle Paul, uh, someone that was noted for a lot of doing, but someone that was noted for his relationship with God and what happened as a result of that, as his identification with Jesus and what happened. And if Paul could boast, he would boast in his suffering, right? We know that. Uh, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 27. I'm going to highlight a couple of the things that he did, if you will, 
uh, that he was able to boast in because of what God did through him in those moments. He said, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashings minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. In my frequent journeys, I have been in danger from rivers and from bandits, in danger from my countrymen and from the Gentiles, in danger in the city and in the country, in danger on the sea and among the false brothers, in labor and toil, and often without sleep. That's probably the worst. And hunger, that's really, grab a Snickers. And thirst, and often without food, and cold, and exposure. You know, a lot of times when we think about trying to figure things out, it doesn't lead to the most hospitable, warm, loving place in our lives. But the key in this is we're able to identify with Paul at the beginning that our goal in this life is to stay connected to him. If we can boast about anything that we've done, we have suffered for him. That's not very fun, is it? Is suffering fun? You don't wake up in the morning and say, today I want to suffer. No. But Paul was talking here about what had happened to him, other pieces in life that were out of his control that had come against him. And for us this morning, I want us to get this context before we go into Philippians, another part of Paul's journey. As he was in prison... And this letter was written as well as something that was an example of what joy was to look like. I don't know if you've ever been in prison before, okay? But it's not something that is fun for you. It is not something that's exciting, especially for Paul's time with preaching the good news and sharing God's word and being placed in a place that he did not deserve. But out of this moment, and this is what happens in our lives, when we get in tough situations, we get in circumstances and the pieces aren't fitting together that we we thought would fit together and the picture we imagined, we have a choice to make. And we see Paul in this place sharing with the church of Philippi about what it means to have true joy. Do you think Paul planned to be shipwrecked? Do you think Paul planned to be beaten? Do you think that Paul... No, that's crazy. But as he gave his life to the Lord, all of it, God took all of the pieces and began to put it together then to help us today. So Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Let's get some insight here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This morning we're talking about from pieces to peace. We're talking about how Pieces of our lives fragmented all over the place, right? You've thrown a puzzle on the floor before or on the table as you get ready to put this thing together. And you're like, how in the world? Uh, You know, that's how I get. When things are all a mess and not together, I just want to run out because it's lack of organization. lack of How is all this going to work out? The thing is this. God wants to take the pieces of your life and turn them into peace. P-E-A-C-E. 
So important for us to understand. And this is something that Paul wanted us to understand from the beginning. Three things I want to share with you this morning is this. From pieces to peace, this is how we'll transition. From pieces to peace by exercising your joy. Exercising your joy. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, okay? This doesn't mean just a one-hit wonder. Hey, don't rejoice just today. Rejoice every single day. He's turning it back to joy at the very beginning. Again, put yourself in Paul's shoes. Do you think it was a joyous occasion to wake up in prison every single day? Imagine a prison in Rome, what it may have been like. I have no idea. Imagine a cold, dark place, probably some of the craziest people you could find. You know, that's probably what they thought about Paul. Some of the hardest situations ever, but yet he says, look, make sure every single day you exercise joy. Why? And I never read this in the scripture before because this, the Lord is near. This is a picture and an understanding of this that when Paul was speaking here, Jesus is coming back twofold. Jesus is coming back. He is near. The time is near, but also the Lord is near. You have reason to have joy. How many of you guys like to exercise, though? Be for real. You love to exercise. Okay. How many of you guys that love to exercise are like Lone Rangers? You'd like to do it by yourself. It's kind of similar. All right. How many of you guys who like to exercise? Demons. Um, gotcha. Got Simon says. All right. How many of you guys who like to exercise like to exercise with somebody? That's fun, right? Because you actually do it. It's called accountability. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, yeah, I'm going to work out today. <clears throat> Worked out a Jimmy John's nine-inch sub. <laughs> Bang! Extra mayo. I just wish they'd get pepper up in there. What's up with that? You don't have pepper? Who makes a cold cut without pepper? I'm going to kick Jimmy. You think about exercising, though. You want to do it with someone. And when you know that God is with you, that he is walking alongside of you, you can have joy. His Holy Spirit is with you. And, and, and Paul takes it right back to the beginning of every day and how we should start is exercising the joy that's within us. Even if you have to mine it out, you find that joy. And this is, again, coming from somebody that could boast in his suffering and who was in prison. Exercise your joy. Get with it. Get with the program. Don't be afraid of it. The second thing is this. From pieces to peace by discovering your peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I'm going to stop there for a second. Don't be anxious about anything. How does that sit with you? I'm like, Paul, you obviously don't know what it's like in America these days, do you? Okay, you don't know about my life. You don't know about my schedule. You don't know about my worries. You don't know what I'm feeling right now, Paul. Don't you be telling me don't be anxious about anything. You're making me anxious just talking about it. But you think about this. Same but different. Same struggles, but just different from then to now. And I don't know about you guys, but I can kind of be a little anxious sometimes. Ask Kara. That's when the accents come out. I've gotten a lot better, though. 
She said, amen. I'm so proud of you, Joss. <laughs> That's what she says, Joss, I'm so proud of you. Before, seriously, something, something getting away, I'm ready to kick it. I don't, anybody get that way? Have kids. Did you see that viral video about the, the treadmill with the Legos being poured on it? I was anxious just watching it. That junk will take a grown man down. Like, it's, it's bad. It's bad. They're, they're not only a choke hazard, but they're like a trip hazard. Legos are of the devil. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. But in every situation, and here's what, this is where the rubber meets the road for us on this first part. With prayer and petition, present. Here's what's cool about talking to God. And you see this right here. Not only does he know what you need, because he's God, it's a gift. He's had it all along. And he knows about all of us and somehow is in all of our lives at the same time. Okay, so he knows your needs. So you you don't have to tell him. He knows that. We still talk to him about it. But he also wants to hear your requests, which tells me this. God wants to just sit and talk to you. He wants you to talk about everything. Married ladies, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. You come home from work. You come home from school wherever, whatever you're doing, teaching, whatever. And you want to you tell us everything, don't you? You want to tell us, especially moms that stay at home with babies, though. All right, how about that? And we come home from work. Moms that stay home with children, you are a saint. You have like the biggest mansion in heaven known to mankind because all that you deal with in a given day. But we come home and you're tired of talking to the little people. You want to talk to the big people and you just... <laughs> Let me tell you what happened today. So-and-so did this. They pooped the pants. They did this. They threw it on the wall. They did this. It's just like, they won't eat. They won't talk. I'm like, deal with it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't say that. Trust me, I'm very involved. 13 years of successful marriage by not saying deal with it. But you think about God, and he comes in. He's like, yes, Mm mm-hmm. How did that make you feel? Why did you think that way? Why do you think they did that? You know how, like a good counselor? That is his spirit. He wants to talk to you. And, like we, we, we come to discover today, he wants to listen. He wants you to present your requests. He wants you to cast your cares, your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's what prayer is about. Is you being able to drop everything off at his feet and not have to worry. And I like this here. Listen, I never thought of it this way. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. And the peace of God. So often in life, we look for peace in so many other places. We look for peace in all the pieces when we have to look for peace in God. This will make sense later as well because, you know, Paul flips it at the end. The peace of God. See, the thing is, God has peace for you that is unique for you. Peace for you that is your peace alone. We search high and low in relationships and all kinds of stuff because that was the context of this portion of Scripture. Paul talking about relationships, about all the pieces of life. We search in all these things, all the things we can do to find peace. But what God wants us to do is find the peace that's in him. That's the peace 
we need. And what happens when we find that, okay? When we find that peace, it transcends, transcends all of our understanding. When I'm anxious, I try to figure things out. When I'm anxious, I try to figure out how can I get out of this? How can I figure a way out, right? How do I not have to feel what I'm feeling right now? This makes me want to go crazy. And the moment that I find peace in him, my understanding of the situation changes because he is the God of peace in this way, right? He is the one that will give me the peace that I need. And he says it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This guard that you look at is like military police. That's the picture you get here. A garrison that protects your emotions and your intellect. Your emotions and your intellect. Your heart, right, is so key because our heart is so sensitive. It can be broken so easily. But also our mind can entertain so many things. And his peace will put up a guard around those things and protect us. Isn't that good? The third thing is this. From pieces to pieces by walking with your God. Philippians 4. I think, see, this is the very end of it here. 4, verse uh, 8 and 9 is the context. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul gives the visual here as he is sitting in a jail cell that you are out there and it is your chance to walk with your God. It is your chance to show them what it looks like to have peace. It is your opportunity to be me extended. Isn't that the goal of discipleship? That you duplicate yourself in someone else. That what you do and what you model will be then done in somebody else's life. Paul's saying here that, look, it's now your God. It's now your relationship. And here's the change that happens. And the God of peace will be with you. Not the peace of God, but the God of peace. It's now personal. The God of peace will walk with you every single step of the way. Something I thought of that came in my mind last night as I was just reading over this stuff again. Let the peace of God be the God of your pieces. Let the peace of God be the God of your pieces. Let the peace of God be the God of your pieces. Today we're going to give you one of these bad boys on the way out as a reminder. That whenever you do a puzzle, maybe, in your life. But an understanding that God knows Every single piece of your life, every single success, every single thing that you've done, every single hurt that you've had, every single pain that you've carried, every single mishap, every single mistake, he knows all of the pieces, but yet he wants to give you peace in it. And what he'll enable you to do, check this out, is give you something like this to have the big picture. And as the pieces, right, of your life are laid in the box of your life, you'll be able to look at the picture and with his help, put it together. Because the God of peace is the God of your pieces, right? 
this morning we have reason to celebrate. Matt's going to come forward with his team. And we're going we're gonna to just really, um, it's a different type of response for you. It's a challenge for you. Uh, you can stand if you want, but the goal for us is for you to kind of close yourself in in your place this morning. Close yourself in and, and say symbolically, again, you're going to get one of these pieces on the way out. But take the pieces of your life and give them to God this morning. Because I don't know about you guys, but there's so many pieces that I cannot carry anymore at all. I can't. The box of my life is not big enough. And then I struggle to find the peace of God. But this morning, God wants to be the God of your pieces. But it takes you saying, here they are. And as we sing this morning, I'm going to challenge you to that. If you would like to receive prayer or you want to talk again, because prayer is talking with one of us, we'd be more than happy to pray with you. Maybe your neighbor that's beside you after they're done talking with God and spending a moment, talk to them and pray together. But I want to challenge you this morning. Don't hold on any longer. Give your pieces to him so that he can then create the picture of your life and you can keep moving forward. It's kind of crazy this is a map, huh? You'll go places with him if you give him your pieces. All right? Thank you.